Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. Well, I wanted to speak to you tonight uh, from a passage which would make complete sense to talk about because it refers to the wise men and their discovery of the star. And when we think of this passage, it's found in Matthew chapter 2. It's something that we may not necessarily identify with. It's a story. It's in the scriptures. It's about Jesus. It has nothing much to do with us. But today we're going to understand how this holy night is also ours. How their searching brought them into an experience of knowing. And in Matthew chapter 2 and in verse 1, I begin by reading that Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, and it was during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem, and they were asking, where is this newborn king of the Jews? And then they come in by explaining this, by saying, we saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. And then King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem at that time. And he called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of the religious law, and he asked where is the Messiah supposed to be born? And how could we have possibly missed this? And in Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, you're not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people, Israel. And then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. And then he told them, I want you to go to Bethlehem, and I want you to search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell him so that I can go and worship him too. And after this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star that they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. And it went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. And they entered the house and they saw the child with his mother, Mary. And then they bowed down and they worshiped him. And then they opened their treasure chests and they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And when it was finally time to leave, they returned to their own country, but by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Now, in this story, we have these wise men who appear, and in the scriptures, they're called wise men. But if we were to look at the actual interpretation of who they were, we would see that they were magi, and by that, it was meant that they were alchemists. They were actually magicians. 
The church doesn't really like that part, and so they often just refer to them as wise men because they don't like that the revelation of the Messiah actually came to someone who was studying outside of the sacred scriptures. They don't like the fact that this revelation came to people who were not of that faith, but outside of it, of another country that was worshiping pagan idols. People who were looking to the stars, not as astronomers, as they would like us to believe, but as astrologers. And what's interesting to me is that sometimes we, we try to alter the story because we don't want to deal with the questions that it sometimes may bring. How could the revelation of the child that is supposed to be the savior of the world be given to someone who wasn't even supposed to be included in the promise? And you would understand that the heart of God is about doing something that many of us have not yet quite fully grasped, even in our own relationship with him. You see, God is never looking for those who know. And there are a lot of people who just go about their life like people in the know. They're not seeking. They're not searching. They feel that they already have the answers they need for this life. And there's no need for them to know anything else. And so they have stopped seeking. And in their attempt of satisfaction and fulfillment, we're arriving at a place where maybe they've grown complacent or just have understood enough about this world that there is nothing more for them to discover. They have stopped seeking. But yet we see these men in a faraway land who have dedicated themselves to the search. They're all about the seeking of the knowledge and not pretending to know. In fact, when the sign appears, they, through their own investigations, have figured out by looking into other people's sacred texts that this was a promise that was given long ago. And the sign that should not have been recognized by them, whose hearts had obviously not been touched or instructed by God, in a land where surely the presence of God was not found because the temple was in Jerusalem and the presence of God was contained within the ark and the tablets and the staff of Moses that was an example of the miracles that were continuously to come. The voice of a prophet should have been heard within Israel. The sign should have been seen and discerned by its religious leaders but instead, they were simply seen and found and understood by those who were seeking. And I ask myself, God, am I still seeking? Am I someone who is still searching? Or have I become someone who just believes that, well, they have everything that they need to know? God is looking for those who are still seeking. 
And, and I believe that because these men were seeking, and possibly among them there were women as well, we can obviously attest to this reality that God is still looking for those who will seek him. And if we would be among those who would search, then I want you to know that God has nothing to reveal to those who feel that they already know. And that's why Herod didn't see it. That's why the religious leaders and the rulers of that time didn't see it. Because they already believed they had everything that they needed to know. And even when we possess an experience with God and have a relationship with him and have a measure of knowledge of him and of what it means to experience the miraculous in the everyday, we can sometimes become satisfied with that and miss the signs that God is still giving for greater things to come. That what we have received and what we are living and experiencing isn't everything just yet. There is more that he wants to give. There is more that he wants to give you. And so when these alchemists, these astrologers, these magicians find themselves in the court of Herod, the only people who are excited about their discovery are the wise men who have come inquiring. But Herod and all of its people are instead disturbed in their spirit. I think sometimes the reason we don't search or seek and are satisfied with what we know is because it's too scary to go beyond that. Because it's going to be too disruptive. Because it's going to require something else from us. It's going to ask us to go on a journey that we are not prepared to take. And that's exactly why we should. Because the star didn't just appear for the wise man. It appeared for everyone who was still seeking and searching and not satisfied with what they knew. And God was able to lead them in the same way that he's still able to lead us. Do you see how God has something to reveal to those who seek him? God has something for each of us. And it may not look like what we intended when we first started our search. I, I don't think these wise men got into what they were doing and searching to be on point when the star finally came that would reveal that the Savior had been born. I don't think that's the reason why they got into it. 
They didn't say, one day we're going to be the guys who discover the star that leads us to the place where the Savior of the world is to be born. I, I don't think they were thinking that at all. And I want us to understand that when we start off on our spiritual journey to find answers, you don't know where God is going to end up leading you and who he's going to end up leading you to, what he's going to end up revealing to you, what he's going to end up showing you and, and, and bringing to you that is going to ignite the miraculous belief and faith in your life once again. He's going to bring you from where you are to where he always wanted you to be. And, and for these wise men, it meant to finally worship by bringing their treasures in the home of Mary and Joseph before Jesus, who had been born king. And they knew it. They had discovered it. And I believe that because they were seeking and searching and not satisfied with what they knew, God led them exactly to what they most needed to know next. And there was still more that God wanted to reveal to them. And you notice how God spoke to them again and told them, don't go back to Herod. And he sent them home a different way. See, God wasn't leaving them in the moment that they had made the discovery. God was now going to guide them in a way that he can only guide those who still seek him. Those who are still searching for him. Those who still desire to have a relationship with him. And so sometimes after the revelation and after the experience and after the knowledge and after what has been revealed, we can become satisfied in that, thinking, I know more than enough to just keep going about my journey. And if they had done that, then not only would they have been in danger, but Jesus would have been in danger because they would have revealed where he was. And they would have listened to the authority of the land and out of respect for the king that they had first been introduced to, whom they imagined would want the very same thing to be known and for this knowledge to be shared so that all those who were seeking and searching would come to know this truth. They were warned not to go back because they knew that in his heart, his only desire was to kill that new king that had been born so that he could hold on to his kingdom and his throne. God is still searching for those who are open to knowing. And if we are open to knowing, then God is open to revealing. If we're not searching, he can't reveal. And I don't know where you are in your spiritual journey, but I know that in mine, it's taking me a while to get to where I'm at. 
I remember when I was a young boy and my dad used to ask me to go and find something and he'd kind of give me a roundabout area of where to search. The last place he remembered. The last place he envisioned it would be. And I knew better that I didn't come back empty-handed to my father because I had done that once and I had seen how angry he got that he had to get up from what he was doing to go and search where I was supposed to have been searching even if I didn't fully understand what I had been asked to do and to find, I knew that I should not come back empty-handed. And so I learned that when my father sent me to search for something, I would just bring him back whatever. It didn't matter what it was, but bringing him back something was better than coming back with nothing. And, and my dad didn't actually know the names of things, and so he would describe them the way that he thought they should be described, and that was too vague for me. I remember one time he asked me, literally, go and get me two potatoes. So I went, and I got him two potatoes, and I brought them back. And then he got mad, and he took the potatoes that I had given to him, and he threw them back at me. I said, not two, a bunch, as many as you could carry. And I said, but you said two. For the first time, I finally understood your instructions. I did what you asked me to do, and it was still wrong. There was no way of winning. I understood that my dad always meant something more, something different than what I had envisioned in my mind. Sometimes it feels like our relationship with God is that cryptic. Ever feel like that? It's like he's asking me to do something, and he's telling me to search, but... It seems like where I'm going, I'm not really finding things. I'm just bringing back things into my life and into my relationship with God, whatever it is, hoping that this will do because I'm not really sure if this is enough. I, I want us to understand that, that when God gives us signs, there is no misunderstanding them. When God gives you a sign and it's for you, it's going to be unclear to others except you. Because it was meant for you. It wasn't meant for someone else. It was meant for you. See, they knew where to look in the scriptures for the sign. They knew the city that it would be in the sign. But there was only a few who were looking to God to understand the sign. If we go before God and we say, God, I know you're a giver of signs. Could you make your sign for me really clear? Don't do it like Lorenzo's dad. Do it better. Make it clear, 100% clear. So there's no doubt, there's no confusion. That's exactly what I need to do. That is for me. And, and the amazing thing about God is that he didn't just give them one sign. He kept giving them signs. 
The journey that these wise men went on, it seems like their journey could have taken as many as two years. By the time they get to Mary and Joseph's house, he's no longer a baby. He's a child, a young child. And imagine how discouraging it might have been for them. Along the way, had they not believed that what they had seen was indeed the sign they needed to make it all the way to the Savior. Do you see that? See, along the way, we're, we're going to have a journey. And it's going to be perilous at times. There's going to be many moments where we're going to doubt and we're going to question and we're going to wonder. But God will have given us a sign that is strong enough to those of us who are seeking and searching that it's going to carry us all the way. It's going to bring us right to the feet of the Savior. And there we're going to be able to give our treasure. There we're going to be able to give our worship. We're going to be able to give our life. And then when we've done that, God is going to say, I'm prepared to give you another sign. I don't know what sign he gave them this time. I don't know what they saw in their dream when they were awake or asleep. I don't know what it was that they saw. They just knew they weren't supposed to go back to Herod. They were to go home a different way because God doesn't just bring us some of the way. He's with us all of the way. Every day. As long as we don't get satisfied in the knowing. And we keep seeking and we keep searching. And as long as we do that, God will keep revealing. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.